You can buy books by my podcast guests and find other recommended arts and crafts techniques books by visiting uk.bookshop.org slash shop slash creativity found. Don't worry, I've popped a link in the show notes. Plus, by buying from my shop, you'll be supporting this show with a little bit of affiliate loveliness. Thank you. Creativity Found is expanding with a directory of art and arty activities. Visit creativityfound.co.uk to follow our progress. And so I got told by my parents, you know, yeah, it sounds like it's a really nice hobby, but like, you know, get yourself a proper job basically one day. Yeah. And started a whole new learning curve for me personally. Some people are prepared to pay money for what I do. Hi, I'm Claire, founder of Open Stage Arts Drama and Singing Classes for Adults. For this podcast, I chat with people who have found or refound their creativity as adults. We'll explore their childhood experiences of the arts, discuss how they came to the artistic practices they now love, and consider the barriers they may have experienced between the two. We'll also explore what it is that people value and gain from their newfound artistic pursuits, and how their creative lives enrich their practical, necessary, everyday lives. Hi, and welcome to a cheeky little bonus episode, introducing you to some of the previous episodes that you might have missed. We're going to start with my very first guest, realist portrait painter, Teresa Barnard, who decided that her art would never be good enough to make her a living, thanks to a judgment made on her ability at a young age. What happened is that my parents are in a completely different field. They're both medical doctors. And they don't know anything about art. It's just not not, not their thing. And uh, I've always shown an interest in art. That's not something that like they understood, although they occasionally supported it. It's not it's just, you know, not something that they had any understanding understanding of. And uh, so they were trying to like gain a bit more understanding. And they heard of some guy that used to run, I don't know, maybe he still does, some sort of a school in Czech Republic, and it was some sort of an art school. They decided to show him my portfolio. And he was very dismissive. And he basically said, I have no talent and I should not pursue art at all. <laughs> and so I got told by my parents, you know, yeah, it sounds like it's a really nice hobby, but like, you know, get yourself a proper job basically one day. Yeah. And I guess that kind of shaped me because I was like, okay, I guess if there was some sort of special talent that I would know by now. So I guess, yeah, you know, I need to get myself a decent job in something I somewhat like. Yeah. <laughs> that idea of artistic pursuits as hobbies continues with Tara L. Lacey, talking here about a decision she was helped to make again when young. Before we leave Trinidad and just before I came back to England to do my A-levels, we had a parents' evening. They were always very exciting and uh, nerve-wracking, I'd say. So anyway, we had a parents' evening and my mum came to school and was told by my teachers that given the experience um, that I was having in the arts through theatre and public speaking, they thought that I was talented and that they could really see a future for me on the stage if that was the way that I wanted to go. 
that was a massive red flag to my mum in particular, who pretty much freaked out and said to me, you're not doing theatre. This is even before I suggested that that might be the way that I wanted to go. You're not doing theatre. Keep it as a hobby. Even better, why don't you think about uh, jobs that you could uh, do, that you could employ your skills? I know. Why don't you go into law? And this was when I was about 16 or 17. So I wasn't really taking it too seriously, but I was very aware that she was adamant that theatre wasn't going to be for me other than as a hobby. Jerry Coles never considered art as a route to a career. Here's why. I did art O-level, and because I'm old enough to be somebody who did <laughs> O-levels, and I did art A-level. Um, and, I, you know, I was good at it and I enjoyed it, but it, it just wasn't something that was presented to me as something that was a career. I probably put it in the category of hobby type things. I mean, I did go to university and I, I'm trying to remember whether I actually considered doing art or not. And I, I, don't, I don't think I really did. And I don't, think, I don't think it's the school's fault for not sort of pushing art. I just think, I don't think the school pushed anything particular. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember the career service being fabulous at that time. I just, I just think I didn't know anyone who was an artist. And I certainly didn't know anyone who was a successful working, paying the bills artist. So I think if you don't ever see, you don't ever see someone doing something, you don't really consider it no. as a thing. I mean, I guess, I mean, obviously the art teachers were working in the art area, but I, I didn't really want to be a teacher to secondary school children. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, I just, I, it was never really a, a consideration of, of going into art at that stage in my life. No. no. So what changed? All of these guests found a way back to the creativity that they had been craving and moved on from the hobby label. Back to Teresa. But what made me pursue it as, as a job was actually my husband. He originally worked in the oil field, in the oil construction in Canada, and he was good at it, but he never really liked it that much. He was like, it's a bit meh. You know? yeah. <laughs> I like it, I'm good at it, but I don't love it. And he always liked jewellery. And we went through kind of a couple of years of him finding his way to jewellery and the family supporting him in that, to him actually pursuing him. And he's never turned back and he seems super happy. And the change from him doing a so-so job to actually doing something that he loved was tremendous to witness. Yeah. And very inspiring. And with psychology, I've always liked it. And I'm, I still like it, just like I still like interiors, but I don't love that much either of them, and not as much as painting. Yeah. And then I picked up a book, and uh, it was a book about how you basically find your true calling. And from the first page I started reading, and I was like, well, painting, it's always been painting. I just yeah. never knew that I could. And then I looked at my husband, and I was like, well, he never, he never thought that he could do um, jewellery. He just thought that's always going to be a hobby, and here yeah. we go. So, and he's like, no, I think you should try it. I think, you know, he's like, I think if you were meant to be a psychologist, you would have been one already. And you kind of like haven't. Yeah. So he's like, go for it. <laughs> so that's, yeah. That's so uplifting and inspiring. That's brilliant. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Tara went back to theatre as an amateur, then took the brave step towards starting her own theatre company. But... The point about it is that that 
decision to take that play to Edinburgh started Peppered Wit and um, started a whole new learning curve for me personally. And it wasn't great, as I said, but the point was it was proper Edinburgh Fringe fair. There was room to act in it. You know, it wasn't just rubbish. There was room to actually get to grips with some some meatiness in the play. But overall, it wasn't great. But that aside, it was a huge baptism of fire for us. And if I think about it in terms of the fact that in our first year of existence, we actually had a a full-blown tour and ended up in Edinburgh in our first year of existence, that was quite something. And finally, back to Jerry, who told me how she felt when she sold her first print. By the way, the background noises rain on her studio roof. Yes, we met in person. I had my work framed and everything looks nice in its frame mm. and turned up and it's my, my stuff's about sort of A4 size. You can imagine me turning up with these couple of things in the back of my car and saw these big beardy blokes coming in with enormous oil paintings. Yeah. And I suddenly thought, oh, what, what am I thinking? What were you thinking, Jerry? You stupid woman. <laughs> you know, these beautiful growing oil paintings. And like, there's me, here's my little tiny lino cut, you know. But it hung and I sold something. And I just thought, you know, it, it's a validation of what I do. People, some people are prepared to pay money for what I do. Quite right too, Jerry. I hope you enjoyed those snippets. If you want to hear the full stories, head to season one and look for episode one for Teresa, episode two for Jerry, and episode 12 for Tara. Creativity Found is an Open Stage Arts production. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you would like to contribute to future episodes, visit ko-fi.com slash creativityfoundpodcast. If you contact any of the artists featured, sign up to their workshops or buy their products, don't forget to mention Creativity Found Podcast. On Instagram or Facebook, follow at Creativity Found Podcast, where you'll find photos of our contributors' artwork and be kept abreast of everything we're up to.